3: IPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names.
1: Welcome to Your Tech Report.
3: Online at YourTechReport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report.
0: And welcome to it in Montreal. I am Marco Flalo, joined by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. On Twitter, we are at Your Tech Report, slash Your Tech Report, and of course, the pages of YourTechReport.com. Welcome to an awesome show, Mitchell Whitfield. We've got great things lined up. We've got a very cool interview with a company called EcoVent Systems. They have uh, brought the ventilation solution to the smart home. We've got a very cool interview with the guys who created the show, 16, as we prep up for the uh, MLB season. How are you?
3: Uh, I'm doing really well. You know, I'm sort of mixed. I have some mixed feelings this week. I feel very excited about the end of 2017. And I feel very creeped out because of what happened uh, earlier in the week. Is that a good tease for you to sort of lead us into the news a little bit? I don't know.
0: I I guess that is a good tease. Excited and
3: creeped out, which could describe a lot of my childhood. But yeah, that's how I feel. I'm excited about this week's show, Mark. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, and I'm just as excited about the news as I am about our interview. So, I mean, you know, that should tell you
0: something. And and the one thing we're going to kind of uh, intentionally omit in the news is the, uh, the release, of course, of the iPad Pro. 10-inch uh, to 9.7-inch, and the uh, iPhone SE. We'll save that for a bit later in the show because oh. I have my grubby hands on one of these iPads. We're going to talk about uh, my first experience really using the Apple Pencil and the new iPad, which was uh, unfortunately uh, a good one. Uh, <laughs> welcome to it, Tesla. I don't know. Have you ever driven a Tesla vehicle, Mitchell? I have not test-driven one.
3: Well, well, here's the thing, and I think when you came to visit me in Los Angeles, you saw this. I will tell, I will tell the world now, that my local mall, which is not your typical mall, it's a really beautiful one. They must have spent close to a billion dollars to redo it. Literally has had literally a billion dollars. I'm not doing a Doctor Evil thing here. That's how much they spent. Uh, it has a Tesla dealership inside of the mall. I'll let you give you an idea, like so, a
0: retail storefront. Yeah,
3: like a retail store. Yeah. So you can go in there and buy a Tesla at the mall, and then go to you know Panda Express and have some orange chicken. If that's your if that's your bag, I don't know. So I, I've been sort of familiar with the brand for a long time. I'll always go in and look and sit in them. My friend bought one at my store, my local store. I never, I haven't driven it yet. Uh, the, the cars are absolutely magnificent. But Mark, the thing people have been waiting, the thing that everyone has been waiting for. We know that the Teslas used to start out at like sixty nine thousand, and then as you added more features, which and it came pretty loaded, but as you added better battery capacity, it could go up to seventy nine, eighty nine. Eventually, they just dropped the sixty nine thousand dollar model one. Uh, so now they just started eighty thousand and up. Been, that's, 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 yeah. it's a little, I mean, the average person, I mean, even if you do the math, because the people that work there are all trained to tell you, okay, it, it, the lease prices start, let's say at 900 a month, but don't be turned off because you're not spending on gas. They do the math for you. Yeah. If you don't spend on gas, it's all, It's the equivalent of paying seven or 600 a month. So everyone has been waiting for the announcement. We've been hearing about this $35,000 Tesla for how long? The Tesla 3, and Mark, we finally got an unveil, and all I can say is, I, I I I don't have the money to put down this week, but I, I would rip a thousand dollars out of my pocket in a heartbeat just to put a deposit down on this car. Do you feel the same way?
0: I, I do feel the same way, and that's what it's gonna cost you. A thousand dollars US or Canadian if you wanna reserve this car in terms of availability, you're not gonna see that for about two years. So whether or not that's a good investment and whether or not they account for interest when it comes down to uh, paying for the vehicle in two years from now, I don't know. But what a gorgeous what a gorgeous vehicle. And when Elon Musk was on stage, you know, kind of doing the reveal it wasn't a very long reveal, and if you go to teslamotors.com, you can you can watch it for yourself. They they kind of you know walked you through the three stages of the company, and the first one was the Roadster. It was uh it, it was a car that really had to shock the world. It had to say, listen, uh, an electric car doesn't have to be ugly. It can really do things, and it set many many records.
3: And for people that don't know, the original Tesla car, the Roadster, the Marcus talking about, was actually a Lotus Elan. Uh, It was the Lotus Elan uh, that was gutted by Tesla and retrofitted with electric parts. So it really had all the looks of that beautiful Lotus because it was, and the interior done by Tesla Motors. So that was their first. That was their first real of the vehicle that they did. And they Uh, call call that. And they call that
0: low volume, high cost. So then they introduced, of course, the Model S. They call that um, uh, again low volume, mid range cost, less low, less less high cost, they called it, on their <laughs> on their presentation, which was kind of cool. And what he explained was is that the sales of these two models and the Model X, which kind of fits in the middle with the Model S, is what has created this now high-volume, lower-cost Model 3. And when I give you the specs here, you're going to be a little bit blown. 345-kilometer range. So to give you an example... In Canadian terms, that's that's a little bit less than Montreal to Toronto. So you'd have to stop for lunch at a supercharger and charge up. What did you say? It was 30 minutes for a full charge?
3: If you go to a supercharger, and I know you could do this from L.A. to Vegas or on your way if you go cross-country here, half an hour, just have a meal, pop in the charger. And by the way, uh, in, in, in miles, it's 214 miles. And we're talking about a $35,000 vehicle that competes price-wise with cars like the Leaf and the Volt and the Bolt – uh, which and I don't not the bolt yet, but the Volt, which only goes you know forty miles on pure electric. Uh, the Leaf, you know, what are they, about half of that, one hundred and twenty, yeah. and even you know even a lot of the Fiats that only go hundred miles and change, and they're the same price point. Mark, this is ridiculous. It is,
0: it is absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, these stats are the minimums because by the time they produce the car, things will change. Uh, under six seconds from zero to one hundred <laughs> kilometers per hour. Seating for five adults. Five star safety rating in all categories. Autopilot safety features, and uh, of course, supercharging. All starting at $35,000. And to quote Elon Musk, he said, even if you just buy the $35,000 model, no options, you are getting one of the best vehicles that exists. And, and,
3: and if you've ever sat in one, you might not have one at your local mall, but if you've ever sat in a Tesla or gone to a dealership, first of all, I encourage it because, you know, the future. I mean, I love the future being filled with electric vehicles and maybe hydrogen powered vehicles just to save the environment a little bit from what we're doing to it. If, if you look at these vehicles, even without one extra, extra thing that you put on that car. Uh, no options on there. The car is fully loaded, Mark. And this this Tesla three, in terms of beauty, the look of it, it looks like a slightly scaled down version of the S. It is gorgeous. The interior, it seems like everything is on a giant screen. It looks to be like a 17 inch screen right in the middle. That your dashboard, everything is right there. It's gorgeous. You really, even if you don't add any options, this thing is going to have everything that you want. I was really, I was really,
0: really impressed. I was quite impressed as well. This week, uh, build a conference for Microsoft. Their big developers conference, and what we found out was that we are going to get an anniversary update to uh, Windows 10 this coming summer. It's going to bring some cool new features. A lot of them focused, Mitchell, on the stylus and the use of the stylus, and they're working with the company Wacom, who've been doing tablets and stylus for artists for a very long time, on, on giving you more use for it. For example, on your notification screen, you'll be able to quickly call upon apps that use it. So that's going to be fun to see the updates as Windows 10 and all these updates will be free. Um, you know, coming down the road. But what they've also done is they're they're introducing these, and this is not only Microsoft, um, but in Skype and in Facebook Messenger, they have now created these now information bots. So what are these things? These are users, quote-unquote users, that are actually artificial intelligence that you can use for information. So if you look at Facebook Messenger, for example, they now have an airline information bot. So you can send a text to the bot saying, hey, when is flight you know, 210 arriving from Los Angeles? And it'll reply instantly with that kind of information. Now, if you think about this, you can get this stuff on Google and you can get it other ways. But what Microsoft is doing on the Skype side of things is they're, they're upping the ante a bit and they're giving you different bots for different things. For example, Bing Music, Bing News, Bing Images. So you can ask questions about music, you can ask questions about the news, and ask questions about images and get related feedback. And this is all part of a new SDK they've created for Cortana.
3: And for people that think this may be just a little bit of a gimmick and, you know, like Mark said, this is not something that we haven't seen before. We could do it with Siri. We could do it with, you know, Google Now, any of the services, mobile server, even Cortana with Microsoft. But I think what they're doing is, Mark, and I think, you know, Microsoft's done, made a lot of really good moves in the last couple of years, both on the hardware and the software side. They're adding humanity to computer functionality. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, in the voice of Cortana but this, most people, let's face it, people right now are used to communicating through messages, through text. It used to be email, now it's text and Twitter. So by adding an artificial intelligence in a text format, it gives the illusion of a more human experience, don't you think? So I really think that Microsoft is, soft is trying to humanize the experience that otherwise might come off as a little static if it's just a robotic voice or a simple response. Does that make sense? It does
0: make sense. And it's just a new way for people to interact with yep. information in a way that's yes. just more natural to ourselves. Apple is signed a multi-year deal with Major League Baseball to <laughs> equip every team with the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Obviously, they're going to fit it with rugged cases, kind of like a Surface in football, um, <laughs> and and give the iPads a new app called MLB Dugout, which is built by MLB's Advanced Media Division, which is actually doing quite incredible things giving um pretty pretty near instantaneous data to teams they will be preloaded to start this is not going to be some kind of real time data network yet but we will see how that evolves as this relationship grows
3: well before we talk about how it sort of is a little bit shot fired over the bow of uh, microsoft with their deal with the nfl that you touched on let's talk about the advantage of something like this mark because right now you know i don't think there's a sport as entrenched in video as MLB, as Major League Baseball, uh, whether it's pitchers trying to learn about hitters that they've never seen in person before, watching video; which, whether it's a hitter trying to figure out a pitcher they've never faced before, uh, this is—it's all about matchups in Major League Baseball, one-on-one matchups. So, imagine, because right now, you know, they have video monitors going to the clubhouse; they
0: can well, watch. Well, yeah, imagine a lot of...
3: just being right there in the dugout, just putting out your iPad. Oh, I want to see how this guy pitches. Let me look at his pickoff move. It's right there.
0: Well, that's the thing, but you know, with baseball, a lot of the stuff is you know kind of laid out ahead of time. They got the plans, the positions. But there will be spontaneity when things like a relief pitcher comes in or or a pinch hitter comes up. That's when real time information is going to come much more useful to the people in the dugout. They're going to look at, be able to see things like that and having access to that historical information can easily pull the players information and see what they've done in the past.
3: And now let's talk about the fact that it is a little bit of a, hey, uh, Microsoft has that deal with the NFL. We should do something too. Again, it, it just reeks of, of you know, following. Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, Apple is now the follower instead of the leader. It's very interesting dynamic, but uh,
0: it's, it's a beast of their own making. So, uh, you know, kudos to Microsoft for making it work for the last couple of years. Let's talk about Samsung for a second because they've released officially their Galaxy Tab Pro S, which is um, a lot of people call this a Surface kind of knockoff. Um, you know everybody's a fan of the Microsoft Surface they think the tablet's great a lot of people are trying to copy them this device is obviously from Apple, Lenovo Dell, HP and Google Uh, but the Galaxy Tab Pro S is is interesting it starts at $900 it features their best in class Super AMOLED screen which is number one sets it apart from everybody else right away it comes with their click in keyboard cover included in that price something that other people should probably pay attention to because (laughs) normally when you're buying a Surface or, or the new iPad you're spending an another $100, $129, $99 to buy that keyboard case. Um, you know, initial reactions are the, the typing experience isn't that great, but overall it's getting incredible reviews and it's also a lot thinner as well.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it right now as you're talking about it. It's a pound and a half. Uh, you know, it's 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 the right size. It's It's got a, lot, a little heft to it, but still it's got USB-C. Uh, you know, it, it's it's got a very similar look, but for me, There's something really cool about Samsung hardware. You mentioned it right from the beginning, the screen. Just that AMOLED display right off the back is absolutely gorgeous. Anyone that has ever gotten their hands on a a recent, like a Galaxy S phone, has seen the most gorgeous screen on the planet. So I'm also happy what they're doing on the processor side. My Galaxy device has always been incredibly snappy. have run software incredibly well. So I think this might be a really good thing. Uh, in terms of, you know, a, a new tablet out there, and it's something that uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of Samsung fans have been waiting for.
0: Well, let's, let's weigh the pros and cons. So they're saying exceptionally light and thin, longer battery life compared to the competitors, of course, that Super AMOLED screen, and you get a touchpad on the keyboard cover, which not only works well, but also is included. On the con side, they're saying that because you can't adjust the screen angle, it's kind of annoying when it's docked on the keyboard case, which, right. as you know, on other devices, you can really, really get As far as you want in terms of angle. Uh, Performance is pretty good, but not necessarily, um, you know, it's sluggish in some cases. And there's no pen. There's no pen for this one, which is funny enough, at launch. So we will see that come down the road.
3: Which is very interesting because they have had their pen of course for their great, you know, the Galaxy tabs and, um, you know, the phones, so I mean, I don't uh, that's kind of a shocker to me because that would be an expected piece of hardware to go with this because it is with the other hardware that we see from Apple and Microsoft, so a little surprising with that. A little surprising. Because Samsung has been kind of at the forefront with their pen technology along with Microsoft so a little surprised.
0: Mitchell, we've talked about the smart home uh, numerous times. I'm a big fan of obviously connected switches. We've got, we've talk to wireless networks. But do you ever think that you could actually wirelessly control and make your ventilation in your home smart?
3: Uh, impossible, because I'm used to having hot and cold spots throughout my home that people just have to live with, basically. We're going to take a
0: quick break and talk to a company that is aiming to change that. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark of Lala. We are back in a second. Your tech report will be right back. Now,
1: back to Your Tech
0: Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flallow in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I invite you to do so. It is at Your Tech Report, our email address, contact at yourtechreport.com, and of course, Facebook, you know, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Mitchell? Yes, when we talk about things like the Internet of Things yes. and the smart home, which you know that I'm a big fan of, our mind tends to go towards things like the smart lock motion sensors and, and it, most recently things like connected appliances. You know, we talked about, I joked about a connected toaster last week. Right. But but those are really, you know, taking existing things and really automating them, right?
3: Right, that, that, exactly. And, and of course, there are many applications and many more greater applications we're going to see as the connected home and as the Internet of Things really takes hold. Now, Mark... I, I, I sort of this has to segue into something personal for you because uh, our next interview really relates to something to something you're going through in your home right now. Am I, am I crazy?
0: You're not crazy at all. <laughs> and what's happening now is that I, I'm dealing with some issues, some leaks, and some structural things. We're, we're
3: still talking but, about your house, right? We're talking about okay, my house. Cool. Health. Go
0: on. But 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 in the process, I'm trying to fix issues I've been having with airflow. Okay. Okay. I have a, a central air and and heating. I live in Canada. It gets cold. You know the you know what it looks like. Right. Um. But some rooms. Get colder. Some rooms get hotter. Some rooms get low pressure, high pressure. Yeah, I think that's so what I'm to doing. Everyone, is I'm, actually, yeah. I'm actually chopping off vents. Like I'm, I'm saying, okay, this bathroom doesn't need air conditioning. <laughs> this bathroom doesn't need air conditioning. Forcing flow into one way or another. But Mitchell, uh, before I even go into more detail, I want to welcome our next guest because I think after this interview, everybody's going to want to run out and get get EcoVent's products. Dip Patel is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Ecovent.
2: How are you? Hey, I'm really good, Mark. Thank you for having well,
0: me. Well, I'm glad you could be here yeah. because I want—I need you to solve my, my life problems. Tell everybody what EcoVent is.
2: Yeah, so basically what EcoVent is is a series of components. So you have these motorized air vents. They operate on four AA batteries. And what you do is in your home, if you have central air, heating and cooling, you just replace the air vents with ours. And then we have these sensors that you plug into the wall, and they kind of tell each... They tell our system what each room is kind of doing. And then you have one control hub that basically does all the math. And so when you plug all this stuff in, each room now becomes its own little temperature zone. And you can just set the temperature of each room separately And EcoVent will basically open and close those vents to make it happen.
0: So I have, you know, the smart thermostat. I've got a Nest thermostat. I know some people have different smart thermostats. That's all great and dandy for the overall temperature of my house. But what people don't necessarily realize sometimes is that is basing the temperature of your house of as to where the physical thermostat is. So that's great if it's in my living room, but it doesn't help me upstairs where my pressure is, you know, not that great, and downstairs. So correct me if I'm wrong, but EcoVent really fills that gap and says, okay. This room's, you know, not the temperature you want it to be, we'll open the vent a bit more and close it downstairs and it controls the flow throughout the home.
2: That's a great way to put it. And you know, another way to think about it is, you know, when it comes to water in the house or even light, we have control at each place, right? You can turn on the light in one room but have it off in another. Or if you if you shower, you don't have to have all this all the water on in the house. Just that one shower is running. And so you know, when it comes to heating and cooling, that's not the way it works. Right now you have that single thermostat, maybe two of them, three of them. But when you turn it on, it just kind of indisc- indiscriminately sends this air. Everywhere, and what Ecovent does is kind of gives you control at each. Other. Uh,
3: this is this is so right? yeah. This is brilliant. I mean, I'm listening to you. and I'm thinking, why hasn't this come up before? Why hasn't someone like you come up with this? So I have to ask, what was that aha moment? What what happened? Was it as as most many great inventions? Did it come from necessity? How did this come about? When you said, okay, I know what we have to do. Here's what we have
2: to do. Yeah, no, it, cer- it certainly came from necessity. So, you know, me and uh, the co-founder, another co-founder, Nick, were working at Lockheed at the time. This was back in '08. And um we were working on a counter mortar system and so my team was building the radar and his team was building the missile wow. and basically the reason I bring all this up is this radar needed perfect temperature control across the front of the radar. Right? And uh the missile needed perfect airflow as well. And so basically at the same time I was looking to get married and um, my wife, who is not Indian, wanted an Indian wedding, okay. and so those are expensive and big. And so I did exactly what you did, man. I started went around in my house and I started shutting vents <laughs> off right? um, to save money. And uh, I would I would warn you, it's dangerous to do that if you don't have the right measurements. So be careful how many you close off. But um, you know what I did was I shut them off. And my mom came to visit me, and when she came to visit, and she doesn't stay over very often because she works really hard, and so you know she came because i got engaged right and uh i forgot to open the vents in the room she was staying in and i was just so pissed at myself because <laughs> she spent the whole night freezing right and at the same time we had this radar that needed perfect temperature control and so you know back in 2008 the uh the technology that makes this kind of stuff work um was very expensive you know and what happened is, and, and, it, and it wasn't practical, meaning, you know, there just wasn't radio technology or sensor technology that could operate for years on AA batteries. certainly weren't motors. Yeah. And then the other reason it hasn't really been done before is the house is very, 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 very complicated. Literally every home is different. And what we've been able to do is take a lot of the science and uh, signal processing um, that you learn in radar, and you learn in missile defense, and you br- we brought it into the house. And, you know, our team has data scientists from Lockheed and uh, MIT's Lincoln Labs, right? And so we're just taking science that's been used in other signal processing applications. And because sensors and stuff are now available to homeowners, we've kind of created a system that essentially lets us understand what's happening in that house automatically and lets this system kind of calibrate itself, and that's what makes it so unique, right? You just plug the stuff yeah. in, and it figures everything about your house out automatically. So, so, <laughs>
0: so let's, let's bring it down to, to the consumer level for a second. Okay, let's talk about Ecovent as a product. There are various, um, various models in terms of the actual vent itself that will replace your existing floor vent. Um, tell us about um, how easy it is to set up.
2: Yeah, no problem. So the first thing you do is you just turn on your smartphone. We have Android and iOS, or so Apple. And uh you just turn on the app and the app says welcome to EcoVent, uh plug in the hub. And so you would take the control hub and just plug it into the wall and then you can plug it into your router or use Wi Fi. We recommend using your router just because uh it's it's reliable and it's it's easy to do. You just plug the cable right into the back of the yeah. hub. And as soon as the hub wakes up, it deploys our network and um the the app will confirm it. And so then the app will say, Okay, hub detected, please install Um, your thermostat. So if you don't have a smart thermostat, like a a Sensi, for instance, um, you would just replace it with a smart one and then our app would take control of it and then it would say, okay, next step, plug in a sensor. And so you would just grab one of the sensors out of the box and plug it into the first room of your home. And it could be any room, it doesn't matter, you just plug it in and the app will say, sensor detected, what room are you in? And that's when you can name the room and pick like an icon. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you can say like bedroom or master bedroom or, you know, like, throne or whatever like fun names and then um it'll just say okay you know sensor detective please plug in a vent and so the air vent in your home just that piece of metal or plastic you just unscrew it if it's in the roof of the, or the or the ceiling or the uh-huh. wall or you just pull it off the floor and you just replace it with ours and we have these little battery packs and as soon as you plug the battery pack in the vent wakes up and it basically again just like the sensor it pairs with the. Uh, with the hub, and uh, it confirms the room. It says, are you still in the, you know, in the bedroom? And you say yes or no. And if you say no, it'll say, okay, what room are you in? But if you say yes, it'll say, great, any more events? And so you just rinse and repeat. Right? I was gonna say exactly that, events, yeah. And then when you are done all the rooms, then you just hit go, and EcoVent will self-calibrate and give you room-by-room control.
3: Let me ask you this because we're talking about, you know, obviously when we're talking about an integrated product like this, uh, you do have to work with other companies in terms of integrating on the software side. Do you find that challenging? Because I- I'm always amazed you come up with a fantastic idea, you implement, you design, you have the product, then you realize, okay, now in order to make this a full, you know, fully functional, we do have to have relationships with Nest, other companies to do this. Is that a frustrating part of the process, having to rely on other companies and getting to work? with other companies, or is it all sort of what you guys are used to? Because I'd imagine it could get kind of frustrating once you have your end done, having to wait for other people to get those approvals in order to get a fully integrated experience, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny because in the military and and, and working at Lockheed, you have to do that all the time, right? Um, Like uh, our radar had to work with a different fire control system and a different missile system, right? Right. And so you kind of have to do that, but when it comes to consumer electronics... It's really a new thing. Uh, the HVAC industry has gotten a lot better about developing these APIs and allowing us to integrate. Um, I would say some companies li- like Emerson and Nest are, are way further along than others. Right. And that part is frustrating because we have customers that, uh, that really want us to work with their thermostat, but the integrations just aren't ready. Um, in some cases, because the APIs aren't. In others, because we have, we're a small startup and we, ha- we haven't had the time yet to integrate. It's it's not perfect, but it's at least I'm happy, you know. Because a lot of the bigger companies are starting to at least think about APIs and hire the kind of people that can write good APIs.
0: We we talked about obviously the comfort element of things, but there's there's a a scale here because, you know, my home. If I were to count the number of vents, I'm looking at probably about thirteen to fourteen vents. If I really wanted to cover my entire home, that that's probably not a cheap endeavor. But at the same time more so than comfort, there's an energy-saving aspect of this as well. I'm wondering what kind of analytics you have in terms of over the span of a year or a span of a period of time, what kind of energy savings we're going to see because we're now using our HVAC system to its to a better capacity.
2: That's a great question. So I want you to think about it in a couple of different ways. So um, the energy, first of all, you're right. Um, this is not uh, uh, you know an impulse buy. This is not something that you just say, okay... Here it is. You know, let's just go pick this up. Um, this is this is definitely an informed purchase, and so it's important that you ask these questions, and we value these questions. What we've seen in beta sites is, uh, you know, I'll say conservatively, we can save ten to fifteen percent in just about any home for heating and cooling, but uh, we've seen as high as fifty, fifty-five percent wow. um, in some cases. Um, what we're doing right now is working with uh, utilities and, and independent labs so that they can quantify what those savings are, but. Those kind of reports take, you know, 12, 18 months to come out. Um, and so in the meantime, we're saying that, yes, you will save energy, but we're not, we're not um, trying to make any kind of claim in terms of ROI or uh, the payback yet. However, the second part of it is what this system can do is give you more information than just the energy savings. And So, you know, in one home, we actually um, identified uh, a, a furnace that was operating in a very dangerous condition, it was like a and the high limit switch, which is what prevents a furnace from overheating, and failed. And so, had we not identified this problem, that furnace would probably have cracked and leaked carbon monoxide all over that house, and been like a twenty thousand dollar fix. Right? Oh, yeah. You, you um, opened we you honestly
0: you opened my eyes when you talked about things like uh, monitoring air air condition, you know, you know, dirty ducts, et cetera, et cetera, things that I don't wouldn't even have thought of that this product will be able to do down the road because it's, you know, exists.
2: And that's the the real thing we're trying to solve, right? We're trying to not only make your house more comfortable, but also make it healthier long term, right? If you think about the kind of information you have about your car or your phone, right? Um, And how how optimized those things are, you know, and then you, you think about how optimized your house is. You know, um, there's huge opportunity there, and that's that's the core of what we're going after. And so the, the long story short on this is basically like the ROI for this system is going to be far more than just the actual runtime we yeah. save you and your heating and cooling, but it's going to be things like we're going to tell you if your furnace is on the fritz, we're going to tell you if you have block ducts, we're going to tell you if you have, uh, you know, um, uh, any kind of mold risk. And we actually found a home that had some pretty serious mold. And so the thing is, what we'll do is, this is all going to be software updates that rolls out later in the Love year, it. right? Um, but it starts with the comfort, and that's what we're head down focused on right now. And the beauty is it's working. You know, people are putting this in their house. Yeah. It's self-calibrating, and they're excited because uh, these problems that they've lived with since they bought their house is no longer a problem, right?
3: And I think the best part is it's one of these problems, Dip, that people really feel that, well, it's a necessary evil of having a home and having, you know, having t- these HVAC problems. It's a problem that we've all gotten used to. You know, no problem. I'll just walk hunched over. People think that there's no solution to it. But now we actually have a solution to something that's been bothering people for as long as been, there's been heating yeah. and air in their homes. This is a huge thing for the consumer.
2: Yeah, we don't even, we didn't even think this is something you can solve, right? And so... You buy space heaters, window ACs, you know, blankets and snuggies. You buy, you know, ceiling fans. You buy split and mini splits. You buy all this stuff. But you're right. Once people know that it can be better, we're really, really excited for that because people are going to start to see the value in it. And, you know, the, at least the way we feel about it is our mission is bigger than just, you know, trying to make a couple bucks or, or uh, you know, getting this data and, like, selling the company. Like, what we're really after is to actually change building science, right, and the more people that get this and and see the value in it, and then we can just take this data and uh, continue to add deeper value, you know, the more likely that is to happen.
0: And and you you definitely are making some awesome impact, and I wish, honestly, I wish I had another hour to talk to you because I don't even have time to get (laughs) selfish about it. Dip Patel, CEO of EcoVent, I encourage people to go check out EcoVentSystems.com. You can see all about the solution, the different vents that are available, some great videos. You can order there as well. Thank you for taking the time to join us, and I hope we can get you back real soon once I get some hands-on time to really kind of talk about my sp- specific issues. I've got problems,
2: man. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. A lot of people <laughs> do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll help you, man. Uh, my pleasure, thank you guys for, it, for your time. You know, it means the world to it.
0: In other news this week, Apple released their new iPad Pro and, of course, their iPhone SE. We will go hands-on with the iPad Pro when we come back. It is your track report. On Twitter, it's at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, and contact at yourtechreport.com.
3: Your tech report will be right back.
0: Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back, Marka Flatlow, Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. It is Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. On Twitter, it is at your tech report.
3: Now, Mark, I know you teased, shamelessly teased, the uh, the little thing we're going to do on the uh, the new iPad Pro because you've had some hands on time with it and you have a lot to say. Before we get Did to that. Do you say
0: that shameless just because I have one and you don't? Let, let's not go there.
3: I don't want to okay. get my anger going. You already, you already know how sensitive and powerful it is. This anger. is true. All right, so very um, <clears> quietly this past week, very quietly, something big happened. And that something is that Nintendo released their first mobile app for Android and iOS. And it's called Tomo, and it's M-I-I-T-O-M-O, and of course the M-I-I standing for me. Mi, the Miis, the virtual avatars we've all been used to using in Nintendo uh, on their consoles recently. And Mark... We both downloaded this Tomo app. It's a, it's a so what would you call it? I call it like a social app. You use your Me to converse with other Me's. It's like a messaging slash.
0: It's like a, it's, I guess their first you know introduction for people who don't know what a Me is. Obviously, right. it's like your your in-game character or your persona, your avatar. It's avatar, yeah. It's just a communication kind of portal, but it it really kind of messed with my mind. Because Did it creep you out a little bit. Oh, it it me out a little bit. Well, to describe it to a couple of people, when you create your me, obviously, um, it actually takes a picture of you and tries to match it with various characteristics. And in some cases, it's scarily good. And in some cases, it's just scary in general. But then you can characterize your voice with depth and pitch and excitement, and and mine just sounds like it, it's not good. Like it's evil and it's about to take
3: over the world, which this app very well might do. And like we said, it's a social app. So basically, you enter in information about yourself. And then uh, when you're Miis, when you enter, you know, you can add friends to your Mitomo app, either through social networking or proximity if you're in the same room. And, you know, that your mies will exchange information. You'll learn more about your friends. They'll learn more about you. And you can get these points that you can use for virtual virtual rewards in-game and little mini games that you can play in the app. Oh, here we go. Is this your voice? Is this what your sound, your me sounds like? Gonna no, try to. Let me
0: hear. Let's hear. it. Oh, it's you, not, hang on. It's it's not, not, not actually, actually doing it.
2: I feel like I'm starting to know you or myself a lot better now. Okay, I mean, it's disturbing. got that. It's got yeah. that
0: typical Nintendo kind of feel to it, and that sound, <laughs> and the, the voice is just freaking. The graphics, the graphics are pretty really good. Listen, it's 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 very cool. It's your answers
2: to questions are kept down there.
0: Like it kinda walks you through the app and stuff like that, which is kinda <laughs> neat. It's an interesting foray into into app development. I'm curious to see when it becomes, you know, I don't know games, perhaps?
3: Yeah, that that is coming. But we all knew that this was going to be the first thing. It was more of a social networking app they're putting out, getting their feet wet. But uh, yeah, Mark and I have both been playing with this thing. We'll continue to use it a little bit unless Mark gets really upset and just deletes it from his phone, which is a which is a pretty strong possibility. He's easily upset by small uh, animated characters on his phone.
0: Clearly, they represent my height and my diminutive nature way too closely. <laughs> um, so Apple did release their new iPhone, obviously SE, their new old iPhone. Um, the old was your term last week. The new iPhone, the I- iPhone, new yeah, iPhone Nathan, is the old iPhone, iPhone kind of thing? Nathan
3: Fillion's tweet. Yeah. Yeah, so the new iPhone is the old iPhone, which is great. It's true. So, you know, it's.
0: We know everything about that phone, but let's let's talk about the iPad Pro for a second. So the iPad Pro's been out for just about six months in terms of the 12.9-inch version. And I, I don't know about you, but I found that kind of big in terms of an iPad, big and clunky. I mean, it, it felt really light and nice in your hands. But I opted for the 9.7-inch the Pro because I wanted to check it out. And this is right. my first real experience with the iPad Pro. Number one, obviously, you notice right off the bat. That It is a quick, quick, quick device. I mean, you could tell regardless of how much RAM is in there or not or how it's overclocked or not, it is a fast, fast, fast device. Um, the, the One of the new highlights of this device is this True Tone display, which tries to match your surroundings, much like paper reflects light. So, you know, but it takes on characteristics of what's around you. What's around you, excuse me. Um, It it does so in such a a clever way. You don't really realize it's doing it until you're walking through the setup, and it gives you an option to say, hey, do you want us to turn it on or off? And by the way, let's show you what it's actually doing. And they give you a button that when you press and hold it, you see what it's like without the True Tone, and then when you let go, you see what it is with the True Tone, and you instantly see and experience it in, in a great interactive way, and it's like, wow, this is actually really cool. Uh, And and the other change to the screen is just the the anti-reflectiveness of it. Right. Um, They they really did a good job on it this time, didn't they? They did. did. They really, really did. And you can kind of see it when you see reflections in it, how the reflections are kind of dithered and they're not really there. So really a good job in the screen. It's also a lot brighter, which helps, especially when you're using that True Tone display. Um, But the thing that really, really got me, Mitchell, other than obviously the speed, is that pencil. I mean, I never really... (laughs) Use that Apple pencil for more than a couple minutes at an Apple store, and I, I've been endeavoring since I picked it up yesterday to really just start taking notes and do lots of things with the pencil.
3: Well, here's the natural question. Here's what I asked you, and I thought your your answer the other day was really interesting. So I'd like to bring it up again here. When you're comparing it to the pencil on the Surface Pro, which admittedly they did a good job on that Surface Pro, how would you compare the pencil experience with the you know the the new one from Apple versus the one from Microsoft?
0: The, the one thing Apple has done right with the Pencil is that it really, uh, as much as you can use it for navigation and stuff, it doesn't confuse you. You still know that you want to use your fingers on your iPad. On a Surface, you can get confused as to what you should be doing. Should I be using my fingers because it's obviously Windows, or should I be using the stylus? And the other thing with the Surface Pro stylus is when you get close to the screen, you start seeing the cursor move. It kind of mimics mouse movements, whereas the Pencil doesn't.
3: Right, so basically the... Um you know, the, the Microsoft Pencil or Stylus, it, it can be used more as a pointer. The Apple Pencil cannot. The Apple Pencil is not a pointer. It's meant for pencil-on-pad contact as you would use a writing implement, right?
0: Exactly. It, okay. You can use it as, as, as an interface device like your finger does. Right. But, you know, on an iPad versus on a Surface device, you obviously know it's a little bit different than uh, than, you know, navigating another operating system, gotcha. which is kind of cool. So, you know, overall, first impressions, we're talking about a day worth of impressions here. Definitely a fast device. If you skipped over the iPad Air 2 like I did, then you'll probably want to jump on this one because there's not going to be an update uh, anytime. It is your tech report. When we come back, we run straight into the show. 16, the brand new game for MLB fans. Your tech
3: report will be right back.
0: Now
2: to Your Tech
0: Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. On Twitter, it is at yourtechreportfacebook.com slash your tech report, and, of course, yourtechreport.com.
3: Uh, now, Mark, a lot of people know this time of year. People are all getting crazy about preseason baseball. Season's about to start. And when I think of this time of year, of course, I, I think about my New York Mets you know, it's, you know, they made to the World Series last year in case you weren't paying attention. I just have to put that out there. I was but, paying attention. All right, I fretting. know, but people are always talking about, you know, baseball season. But when, when I think of this time of year, I know that it's time for a new game release from our friends over at San Diego studio. Now, in the past, the game has, has had the MLB moniker in there, but this year's version, the show 16, is just going by the show, which I love. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But joining us on the show is Ramon Russell. We've talked to him before. We've had him on the show before to talk baseball. He's a community guru over at San Diego Studio here to talk everything about the show 16. Ramon, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, no, we we, we love this. We love the game. And before we get started, I'm going to go off book here and just uh, ask you a conceptual question. Obviously, you're a sports guy. You know, if you grow up playing sports, grow up watching sports, they say, you know, winning a championship, incredibly hard to do. But then people will also say, once you've won that championship, winning the next one and maintaining that excellence is really almost that much harder. So I wanted to ask you, you guys have set the bar so high, putting out a great game every year. What kind of pressure do you and the team have that you put on yourselves to outdo yourself on a yearly basis? Because you always manage to do it, but there's got to be a lot of pressure.
1: Yes, of course. Um, and it's a, a lot of it is, is self-inflicted. Um, <laughs> I think it comes down to you know, the the head of the snake and our director and all of the senior management on the team here. We're, we're all huge perfectionists and we're huge baseball fans. And we're we're always trying to achieve that uncanny valley of, okay, they made the perfect baseball game. Do we think we'll ever actually get there? Maybe not, but that's definitely not going to stop us from trying. So every single year we're always trying to build upon that great foundation and take one more giant step because the top of that mountain for us Really doesn't exist because you can't really see it. So we're just always going up.
3: Well, it, it shows, and it's funny that you say that, because every year, Ramon, I play the game. have been playing the game since it first came out. I've been playing it on the PlayStation consoles, as well as the handheld version, which I always used to love on the Vita, and every year I say, oh, it, it can't get better than this. It's the best game ever. And then the next version comes out, in 16, the show 16 is no different. So let's get into it right now. Let's talk about the features, because there's so many things to talk about here. Let's talk about what is new to this year's game.
1: Well, there, there's a, a little something for everybody. The feedback that we've heard, and we always listen to feedback, is, okay, you, you guys keep doing the features that I think you're going to do. We want to be surprised. We want to see you guys step out of your box step out, step out of your comfort zone. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. So this year we did that, and we did that with a feature set called Showtime, where you can slow down those critical moments in baseball, like trying to make a diving play or react at the hot corner, or slowing down that key pitch. In that at bat at the bottom of the seventh, seventh inning, and you need to get an RBI. So that's Showtime. And another thing we added is this feature called Perks. And the cool thing about Perks is Perks uses the Showtime resource. Right. So there's this risk versus reward there. And Perks is more of a late-game thing. You know, as your guy's attributes starts to get into the 80s and 90s, you can start to unlock these Perks and equip them for a special advantage just for your player. And that's just for road to show. You know, for franchise mode, we added player morale, which is huge. And we have career stat tracking. Uh, we've never been able to do it. We finally broke that that barrier this year. So we have every stat for David Ortiz from his rookie year up until now. Same thing goes for a guy like Eric Hosmer or whoever else, because you know baseball is all about that. So now we have career stat tracking. And we double down on that franchise mode with player morale. And what player morale is, is in the off season, and this happens in real life. A guy has a, a few things that he wants to get done. Okay, I want to play here. I want this much money, and this is my expectation. You know, if he's a starting pitcher, maybe he wants to be an ace, or maybe he's okay being a rotation guy. And you'll see what he wants. And if you give him what he wants, you can provide that. You can sign him for a little bit less money, but if you don't, you have to up those offers. And that's some of the features in franchise as well. And we all know the rubber hits the road at gameplay. Um, every year we're always trying to make our gameplay the best this year is no exception. We've added over a thousand new building, double play turns, diving, catching animations. We, we removed a lot of the old animations that people kept seeing over and over again. Right. We want the game to sound, to, to feel and look fresh. And we also wanted to add a lot of variety and way more diversity in our animation. That's what we did in the gameplay portion.
3: You know, some people don't focus, but some people are looking at obviously the big changes. There's so many big things here, and I want to just focus a little bit on Showtime because, you know, it, to me it's it's really cool. I know we've played first-person shooters, and there's a similar feature that's called Bullet Time, where you can slow down time and do those great action shots of the side shooting and scrolling. And it's the same thing for this year's version of the show. And for those people that have not played, and I highly recommend playing this game because it is a blast. It, it sounds like, oh well, you know, that's a cheat. It's like, no. It's just another way to experience the game because when you, when, you, when you slow down time to make that perfect catch or get that perfect hit, it's not a guarantee that you're going to make that perfect catch or perfect hit. It's just a different way to experience it because you still have to have the skill to line up the cursors, time everything perfectly, so it isn't a given that you're going to succeed, and I like that. You're, it's a risk, but if you can get it right, there's a huge reward, but it's not a guarantee, right?
1: Yep, that, that's 100% true. Actually, you know, I've been, as we've been taking the show on the road, and I've been demoing it, I have not gotten a hit using Showtime, time, <laughs> not one time. So it's most definitely not something that, okay, this is the home run button that I press and I can hit a home run. Uh, you still have to make good contact. You still have to make that throw but you have a little bit more time
3: to do it. You know, Ramon, you made me feel so much better because I, I used I used it a few times last night. I drove the ball into the ground or struck out, I think, all three times that I did it, but I know I'm eventually going to get it. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we are talking with Ramon Russell. He's a designer, a community guru over at San Diego Studio who has been putting out this fantastic uh, The Show series for years now. And we're talking about new features that have made it into this game. And what are the things you guys did? And this is something that you don't really think about because sometimes Sometimes we and game companies sometimes focus so much on their existing fans. They forget that there are going to be people that are coming in for the first time to this series that have missed out on the previous versions. And this is going to be their first experience. And even for someone like myself, Ramon, who's been playing for a long time, I consider myself a pretty, pretty decent, experienced player. The new features, the new the new way that you that you inform your players. Okay, here's the new system we're using for batting, and you show them on the screen. It makes it it's it's seamlessly integrated into the game. The tutorials are seamlessly integrated so that if you're new, you understand how to play, and if you're you know if you're an experienced player, but there's a new feature, you learn that new feature intuitively. You know what I mean? And that was a really cool thing you guys
1: did. Yeah, that was. <clears throat> I'm actually really glad you noticed that because that was one of our focus focus pillars again this year. Uh, we call it user ramping and the feedback. And we had noticed that last year we had more new, new, new players come to the show than ever before. And we were hearing the complaints, hey, there's, there's so much depth in this game. I don't know how to do everything. So we went through and we spent a lot of development time making sure that there was a tutorial video, not just text, because everybody hates text, describing you at a high level of what you're looking at, what you're doing, and how to change things. So the fact that you noticed that is awesome. Yes, it was a focus.
3: Wow. Oh, but it, but it was great because, you know, and, and people that if you've not played this game, you will not find a deeper experience in terms of choices. And, and Mark, I know you're going to be playing with me as well online. Oh yeah. The great thing is when you jump in, you have, and this is something, and this is kudos to Ramon and his team because they designed a game that can be as deep and hands-on as you want, as deep an experience in, in terms of controlling every twitch, every shoulder move of the pitcher, every batter move, a de- designing where you want to hit the ball in terms of the trajectory of the ball, um, do you want your inside or outside swing? But at the same time, if you want to just have the more simplified, okay, hit, hitting for contact, hitting for power, hitting for combo, you can do that. So, Ramon, you guys really designed a game that serves a ton of people, the new player that, that doesn't want necessarily deep and experience until they've played it a while, but also the experienced player who wants everything.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's why <clears throat> when you first load into the game for the first time, we have that option to ask, are you a veteran player? Or are you more of a rookie? Is this more of your first time? And we cater that beginning experience towards you. So if you're if you're a beginner, you're not overwhelmed. And as you start to learn the game, you can turn on those advanced features. But in the beginning, we don't want to overwhelm you. So we leave most of that stuff on CPU. But once you get the hang of the game, you can always turn them on and start to use them for yourself.
0: You bring up something interesting and something that's very unique to sports-based games is that you're, you're you're on a timetable to get these games ready for an actual live event, a season. And do you find that a, a, a puts more pressure on the team, or is that something that makes it more exciting to do?
1: It's a little bit of both. Um, for, on the one side, we know where the finish line is, and we know where that finish line is every year. <laughs> so hopefully, in theory, it allows us... To plan out accordingly but at the same time you know we're always okay let's let's make sure we do as much as we can but let's not fight off too much that we can chew to where we'll have potential issues towards the end of the cycle and there's always a balance but yeah, it's, it it is most definitely a labor of love
3: ramon you know we were talking before you know mark asked you about the you know sort of the um the lighting engine and the textures and for a lot of people okay for a lot of people that listen that that, oh I just want to play the game and you know oh they talk about these little things they added and they talk about a feature set they change the lighting or they change the textures and the funny thing is it may not when you hear it being talked about it may not resonate okay it may not mean a lot to the average player who just wants to get in and play but when I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm watching the way the uniforms hang on the body and the way that the numbers just slightly reflect the shiny sheen of 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 the stitches and the material that they use, it's little subtle things like this that on the surface individually maybe not, doesn't mean something to the average gamer, but they come together to make an immersive experience whether you realize it or not. These subtle touches all add up to really feeling like you're at the game, don't you think?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, everything that we do, we try to make sure everything is connected so when you finally get the game in your hands and you start to play it, it's this complete seven-course meal with you know dinner, dessert, fantastic beverage, and it's not just, okay, there's this big steak here, and there's nothing else. Everything that we're doing in the game every single year, we're trying to make the best, most cohesive baseball game that appeals to the newcomers, and that keeps our satisfied users who have been playing the game year over in, year over that out, and they may not like the same thing that the new guys do, so we're always trying to make sure there's something for everybody in the game every
0: year. Ramon, let's, let's let's stray for a second. I have a a, a selfish question. Um, that may or may not be related to what you guys are doing or planned or et cetera, et cetera. But but VR is one of these things that is becoming way more consumer-friendly. I can only imagine the possibilities of this game taking advantage of, I don't know, for example, Sony's new uh, VR headset and experience. Is that something that you guys think about when you're developing the game? Is that something that might be down the road? Or maybe you uh, can't talk about? It's
1: definitely something that we'll investigate down the road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that is very politically correct I answer. I love that by answer. By the way, yeah, I do yes. love that answer. It says as much as it doesn't.
3: Uh, You know, it's funny. Mark beat me to the punch because I was sitting there last night. We're all excited about, you know, Sony's new VR headset coming out. And I was playing the game with my son, as I told you, and we were up for hours. My wife was yelling at us, go to sleep. And I sat there with my son. I said, I said, Ryan, could you imagine if you were up at bat or if you were the pitcher or an outfielder and you played from the first person view of this game? And he's like, oh my gosh, you think that'll happen? I was like, well, I'm going to ask, but I know you can't tell us, but it's just food for thought about what is possible.
0: I can just imagine the graphic designers now, Back at the back of the labs going, oh my God, I can't believe what they're going to try and make us do now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I know our time is limited, and we really, I know right now this is an incredibly busy time of year for you. We appreciate you coming on. I have one last question for you, Ramon, and it's kind of a selfish one. Uh, Being a New York guy, I have not been. To see my beloved Mets play in Citi Field since Shea Stadium was no more. So my, and this is going to sound a little silly that I had an emotional reaction to the game. When I first saw Citi Field, it was through your game. That was the first time I actually experienced the ballpark. So, my wife saw me sitting there, like almost like teary eyed, looking at the screen. Oh, it's beautiful. She goes, What are you looking at? I said, It's City Field. Look at it. It's beautiful. Do you have other people that react similarly because if they can't get to the game, if they can't, because of where they live or where they are in their life, they can't get to the ballpark, that this is the way they are experiencing the game?
1: You Yes. And we have heard that a lot, even more this year. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine tell me that they bought tickets a game in Baltimore at Camden Yard, and they didn't want to sit in the sun, so they powered up the game and went to the correct month and time of the game that they were going to go to, <laughs> to see where the sun was in game so they could make sure they didn't sit in that area. That is Real awesome. life when they went to see the game.
0: Uh, talk it was
1: about – Just like it was in the game.
0: That is that, awesome.
3: That is amazing. And again, no better testimony for what a great job you know your team has done over there at San Diego Studio creating a game. And, and, and again, I don't know how you do it. Every year, the, ma- the, the game manages to get better just when you think it couldn't.
0: Yeah, and we're going to try to do the same thing next year. And you will. I know you will. You know what? I, I want. I just want to take the opportunity, Ramon, to just, just ple- please pass along our, our, our kudos and our thanks to everybody who develops this game because, you know, we sit here as gamers playing these games and I know there's so many people behind the scenes that bring it all together and all these nuances that we talk about. There's so many people who I'm sure get a, a great smile on their face when they realize the joy they're bringing to people. And I hope that gets back to those guys who are behind the scenes.
1: I will make sure that everybody hears that message
0: he is Ramon Russell community guru
3: San Diego Studios and you know we San Diego Studio and we we can't wait I know there's stuff you can't talk about now I know we can't talk about VR I know we can't talk about what's coming next year but the one thing we do know is that you will be with us whenever the next version whether it's VR or next year's version comes on to talk about it we love having you on the show Ramon we hope to see you on the show again soon
0: anytime I'd love to come back Thank you, Ramon. Thank you to everybody who was on the show this week. Dip Patel from EcoVent. Check out EcoVent Systems, of course. And of course, on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Flallow. Thank you for joining us here on Your Tech Report.
3: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us contact
0: at YourTechReport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report.
1: Like us on facebook.com
0: Your Tech Report.
3: For the latest in breaking tech news and
0: reviews,
1: YourTechReport.com.
0: What happens when we play outside? They speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
2: and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Welcome to Mars.
0: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com.
2: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.